Embassy City, what's up? I love you so much. I am so grateful that you decided to be with us this weekend. And today, uh, I'm diving straight back into the Word of God. Listen, I miss all of you all. I told you I'm going to be making an announcement uh, about when we're going to be coming back as a family. Just not this weekend, okay? Uh, And also, uh, them same people that you heard in the background last week are back. Listen, now I know you're probably thinking to yourself, how come I didn't get invited? Please don't be, you you know, sensitive and hurt. Again, it's a control group that we got in here because I just needed to hear some people back at me. I had been preaching into an empty building, looking at a camera for five months and I was over it. So thank you all so much for being here. You have no idea what it means to have the atmosphere set. Uh, with people that are hungry to hear the word of God. So thank you so much. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Genesis chapter number 12. We are still in Genesis chapter number 12. We are still talking about this prophetic word that we received on our fifth anniversary. Prepare for more. And last week uh, I taught prepare for more part four. And today you guessed it. Prepare for more part Five. So if you're taking notes, that's all I want you to write down. Prepare for more. Part five. I have a little more to read uh, to you today. I know that I went through and only read uh, verse one, verse two, verse three. Now uh, I got to read verses four through nine. There's a context that I want you to have as it relates to what Abram did after he received these six promises from the Lord. So Genesis chapter number 12, starting at the fourth verse, it says this. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, and all his wealth. Remember, I told you all last week that he had some wealth. Okay. His livestock and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran and headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the oak of Moreh. At that time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. After that, Abram traveled south and set up camp in the hill country with Bethel to the west and Ai to the east. There he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord. Then Abram continued traveling south by stages toward the Negev. This is Uh, Really, really good. And so I really want to jump into it, but not before I pray. So bow your heads. Let's pray real quick and let's jump into the word. Holy Spirit, thank you for preparing us for the more you have in store. Amen. Y'all ready for this word? All right. So um, prepare for more. Part five. We've been talking about the the life and story of Abram Abram, and the, the, the fact that God is the one that started this conversation with Abram. Now, in order for you to really appreciate this, uh, you should take some time uh, to go back and read Genesis chapter 11, the, 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 the chapter right before 
uh, chapter 12, where God gives these promises uh, to Abram. If you go back and read Genesis chapter number 11, you'll find something very, very remarkable as a comparative analysis. And it is this. In Genesis chapter number 11, all the people at that time that lived on the earth uh, spoke the same language. So they were unified. I want you to imagine if the entire world spoke one one language that we could all if you flew to China right now, you could understand them fluently. If you flew to Australia right now, where Australia is an English speaking country, so we won't use that one. Uh, uh, if you flew to Brazil right now, where instead of them speaking Portuguese, you could understand them fluently. It would make the world more connected than it even is now. We wouldn't need Google Translate and everything else that we try to use to understand people when there's a language barrier. Well, in Genesis chapter number 12, everybody spoke the same language. And they had all come into agreement that they were going to build a tower to the heavens. They were going to build a tower to the heavens and they were going to make themselves famous and make a name for themselves in the earth. And uh, God looked down from heaven and he said, what are these people doing? They are all united. They are all on one accord. And with that type of agreement, nothing that comes to their mind will be beyond them to accomplish. So what did God do? God comes down from heaven and he confuses their language. This is the anti-Pentecost. They were all in one place on one accord and the spirit came down and confused them. Acts chapter number two, they were all in one place in one accord and he came down and he gave them a language to bring them together. But in Genesis chapter number 11, he broke those languages up. Now, here's what's interesting. All of mankind was trying to build something up to God, not knowing that God had always designed for him to come down to mankind. This is why we call Jesus Emmanuel, God with us. It's not about you coming up here. It's about me coming down to where you are. So literally what happens is uh, between Genesis chapter number 11 and Genesis chapter number 12 is all of mankind is trying to build something up uh, uh, to God and, and, and prove a point. And God says, no, I have to come down and bust that up. And then in the very next chapter, what a bunch of people try to do to make themselves famous, God does starting with one man. He says, hey, they all tried to make themselves famous by building something up to me. I'm coming down to you and I'm telling you right now, I will make you famous. I'm setting you apart from everybody else in the entire world. And starting with you, I will bring a fame that doesn't give glory to you. It will bring glory to me. So Abram gets these six promises. And I love what uh, verse number uh, four says. And so uh, I want you to write down. I only have three points for this message. I want you to write the first one down. And and all of these points are like uh, uh, two word points. Okay. But this first one, very, very succinct, very, very simple. Write it down. Abram departed. Abram actually <laughs> departed. <laughs> I, 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 see, see, it's one thing to hear God say, uh, uh, I want you to leave your, your, your native country, your, your relatives and your father's family and go to a place that I will show you. It's one thing to hear God say it, but we have to take the time to appreciate the fact that Abram actually did it. The dude actually dipped. He left. He was like, oh, you want me to go? Say less. I'm out. 
Here's what it says in Genesis chapter number 12, verse number four. So Abram departed. I want to, ooh, I'm going to take my time. So Abram departed. Do you know his entire promise was locked up in him taking that first step? His entire promise, those six promises were enacted the moment he took the first step. Not the 12th step, not the 15th step. The moment he said, oh, you want me to go this way? The moment he stepped out and departed, God said, I will do all six of those things. The fact that you were obedient to just go and you don't even know where you're going. I promise I'm going to bless you. I already told you what it was, but the fact that you did it guarantees that you will see everything I said come to pass. So so Abram departed as the Lord had instructed and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. I want you to imagine living in a place for 75 years and then leaving it going anywhere. Kentucky. New York. Billings, Montana, (laughs) Reno, Nevada. (laughs) Okay, I'm not picking no places attractive that nobody wants to go. Destin, Florida. Maybe that make you feel better. Okay, Miami. Okay, L.A. No, it's too high there and it's earthquake. So New Orleans. I don't know. There's hurricanes just somewhere. (laughs) At least if if he if he named a city, at least you could be familiar with it. At least you could Google it. But can you imagine getting a word from God that's vague? Just go. Abram got all his stuff and he didn't know where he was going. And it would be one thing if he just left by himself. But when you can convince everybody in your house to go with you off of a word from God, you know you're hearing from the Lord. (laughs) He took his wife, Sarai. Can we just stop right there? I can't hardly convince Juliet. <laughs> on what movie we want to watch on date night? Hey, baby, I want to watch that. That's too much killing. Uh, I want to watch this. Too violent. I want to. <laughs> obviously, all the movies I pick, somebody's going to die. <laughs> Point blank period. Somebody's going to die. If I'm watching a movie, somebody's dead. OK. Um, but 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 you, you have a hard time agreeing with your spouse on where to eat. He looked at his wife while he was 75 and she was 65 and said, I heard from a guy neither one of us know. And he said, we should go. And Sarah said, "Okay." you know, this got to be God. Because wives usually act men. Let's be honest real quick. You know, your wives are, are some kind of Holy Spirit junior. They have some kind of link with the Holy Spirit. And they when we don't know. He manifests in our wives and, and then we get a re- dose of reality like, OK, well, maybe I shouldn't have done that. OK. <laughs> but when God has spoken to the man and the woman and they both go, you know, sums up. He took his nephew Lot. Uh, Lot was like a son to him because he uh, Lot is actually uh, Abram's brother's son and his uh, son, his brother died. So he raised uh, Lot like he was his own son. This is this is where it gets very interesting. He took all his wealth, his livestock, and this is where it gets very, very evangelistic. All the people he had taken into his household at Haran. Now, that's an evangelist right there. When you save your whole family, 
If you just if 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 the only thing you did is get your family saved, if if only everybody, if the only thing you ever did in your whole life is get everyone that is in your family that bears your last name or some hyphenated variation thereof, because there's blended families, too. OK, you, you, they're going to be a, they're going to be a party in heaven for you. His 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 uh, his servants could have literally said, um, I don't want to go with you. We're from here. And, and so I, I liked working with you while you were here. But if you leave and I'm going. Can you imagine you, you already convinced your 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 wife. OK, Lot is being raised like a son. What he going to say? Right. My, I, I wish my kids would tell me. <laughs> I don't want to go. I, nobody asking you nothing. Right. You don't have rights at all yet. OK. At twelve and nine. They're, they're getting some. Um, but but to look at the, your, your 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 those that work for you and say, hey, would you go with me? And they go, yeah. That speaks to the character of man yeah. Abram was. Okay. Uh, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran and headed for the land of Canaan. He didn't know what was going on, but he headed there. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the Oak of Moray. At that time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. So I just want to say, Abram departed. And now I want to ask you, what is God telling you to leave? That's a a question I want you to take the time right now. You don't have to answer it right now, but I just want you to take the time right now. We'll wait. You can pause this if you're watching uh, 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 on the weekend. You can literally pause this and, and just reflect on this for a moment. What is God telling you to leave? There will be no part of your life walking as a believer where you get through a season where God's not telling you to leave something. Even if it's your attitude. He's going to tell you to always be leaving something. Abram departed. And with that departure came the blessings. With that departure. And and I just want to y'all know I like acting stuff out. And so um, I just want you to imagine God gives you a word with six promises and they sound great, but you don't know God. You've never you, 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 you don't even know what this relationship is about. You, you have had this uh, polytheistic upbringing where you worship many gods. And now one God is telling you to leave all the other gods you know about and follow him where we don't know. <laughs> where are we all going? I have no clue where where will we stay? I don't know. What are we going to eat? I don't know. When are we, when, what, can you imagine, are we there yet? Oh. <laughs> Off of a word from God? I, I just recently uh, uh, drove with my sons from California uh, uh, back to Dallas. We rented an SUV and drove back from California to Dallas. And I only got maybe four or five. In 20 hours, I only got four or five, are we there yet? But at least I knew the next destination we were going to be at. Imagine being asked when you don't know. Now, imagine being asked when you don't know. And because of your faith, you're comfortable with saying, I don't 
No. There's going to come a time in your life as you are walking with the Lord where you don't know. There are going to be people that are depending on you for answers and your response is going to be, I don't know. People are going to be going, well, you have to have a plan and you have to have a life goal and you have to have a five year plan. You got to know what you're going to do next. And your response is going to be your no say. <laughs> For my Spanish people. OK. Where are we going? I don't know when we're going to be there. I don't know. I just have a word from the Lord and I'm relying on that word to get me to the next place. As I walk, he will speak. But if I do not walk, he will not speak. Abram departed. Your blessing is in your departure. Your blessing is in your leaving. Your blessing is in the faith to step into the unknown. Your blessing is in the faith to say, I don't know where God has taken me, but I do believe in the God that has taken me. And I'm moving even though I don't know where I'm going. Abram departed. Anybody in here beside me got a departure story? You just like, I don't need, I, listen, I've never been over here before, but I'm going. I've never been in a relationship with you like this, Lord, but I am going. He departed. And as he was going, he knew. There's uh, uh, I was talking to a friend yesterday and he was telling me that in the Marines, uh, they test uh, soldiers on uh, uh, the decisions they make in the battlefield. And if you make uh, 100 percent correct decisions in the battlefield, they actually mark you with a lower grade than people that make mistakes. Because they determine that the people that uh, score 100 uh, on the decision making take too long to assess and survey what's going on. And by the time they have all the intel, the enemy could have flanked them and they could have blown them up already. So here's the, the rule uh, uh, for the Marines as they're making decisions on the battlefield. If you get 75 to 80 percent certainty, go. 75 to 80 percent certainty. Uh, that's enough for me. Go. So there's a 20 to 25 percent margin of error, but I got enough. I'm just going. God told me to go. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know why he told me to go. I'm out. How certain are you? Uh, I'm about 62 percent today. Anybody beside me, you can be honest, like, I don't, you know, sometimes God's telling you to do some stuff and you don't have 100% certainty. This is why it's called faith. You're not stepping out on trust. Trust has empirical data. You're stepping out on faith. Trust means I know because I've experienced this before. Faith says I have not experienced this before. Therefore, I don't know and I'm doing it anyway. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Not without trust. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. He says, I want you to step out. Even though you have some uncertainty, go. There's so many people that say, I can't make a move until I get a clear word from God. I never know God's word is clear until afterwards. I step out, then I'd be like, ooh, that worked. <laughs> that must have been Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, because the last two times it was me, so... At least we got one right. OK, Abram departed. Point number two, please write this down. You're preparing for more. You depart. Point number two, Abram built. 
This is very, very important. Abram built. If you're going to prepare for more, you have to have this in your makeup as a believer. Abram built. And here's what it says. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will get. Now, remember, he just started walking. And he walked over and got to the land of Canaan. And when he got there, then God spoke. He didn't talk to him about Canaan before he got there. When he got there, then God spoke. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. Good job, Abram. You just walked up on your promise. You didn't even know where you were going. You just walked this direction. And now that you're here, God appears and says, I will give you this land. I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who appeared to him. Abram built an altar there. Would y'all say that with me? Abram built an altar there. Again, Abram built an altar there. One more time, real loud. Abram built an altar there. Abram built an altar there. Now, here's why it's so important about where he built this altar. He was uh, in Canaanite territory. Uh, The Canaanites worshiped many different gods. Uh, And then he winds up by uh, this oak tree uh, by this tree called Moray. Moray in the Canaanite language literally meant teacher. All right. So they taught about these false gods in this in this grove of trees. I, I wish I could paint this visual better than this, but you're going to have to just use your imagination. In the middle of all of this false worship in this grove of trees that had been dedicated to all these false gods, Abram shows up and goes and gets some stones He was 75. Because when you're building something, you get tired. Anything worth building ain't going to be built fast. In the middle of all this false worship, that belongs to God. When you get to where you're going, you have to leave a reminder of who brought you there. Even if it's a temporary place that he brings you to. Even if this is not your last stop. Place a reminder to mark the fact that God at least brought me this far. I know I know he's not done taking me where he wants to take me. But as long as I'm here, there will be a reminder that God is the one that brought me here. I won't be in this secular society. I will not be in this secular territory and have all the reminders of your gods and have no reminder of my God. So I'm going to put an altar right here 
And as long as I'm here, I'm serving God. As long as I'm here, I'm lifting up his name. As long as I'm here, I'm believing God for what he's going to give me. I'm not believing for what you're going to give me. I'm believing what God is going to give me. He put it up here. This is, I build something here. What do you build? Where you are, you don't even have to like where you are. But have you built a reminder? Are the only things you are surrounded with are reminders of the negativity of where you are? Maybe the reason why this this season of your life seems so bleak is because you have no reminders of who's in this season with you. I know I'm talking to somebody today. I'm going to take my time right here. It's just so bad right now. It's just so tough. <laughs> Nothing's going right. Is anybody there with you? You think God brought you here to leave you? You think God brought you here to die? You don't have a reminder. You've been so busy complaining. I know it's going to sound really tough. I'm sorry. Let me lovingly submit to you. <laughs> Let me lovingly submit to you that maybe you've been so busy complaining that it took away the time that you could have been building a reminder that God has never brought you anywhere that he wasn't going to be present with you. Now, okay, okay, all right, all right. I, I'm seeing, I see this thing in my head, so I'm trying to, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm, I'm so hyped, okay, I'm stuttering, okay, so, so, I'm trying to get it out, I'm trying to get it out, I'm trying to get it out, all right, all right. So, 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 so I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so, uh, uh, so, so he has a reminder because he built it. Where was God when I was going through my sin? Oh, right here. Where was God when, when, when my marriage was, re- oh, he was right here. I forgot I built that. You've been here the whole time. You ever talk to somebody who's going through a bad season and, 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 and you, you share with them or, or, or maybe they share with you. Hey, you know what? God's present with you. In the- it don't feel like it. <laughs> maybe because maybe the reason why they can give you that encouragement is because they built an altar and you didn't. And the only reason why you upset about it is because you don't have a reminder of it. Abraham took time. And here, let me tell you the, the beautiful thing about these altars in the Old Testament. They were the most imperfect building that you've ever seen. Legos look better. These were a bunch of uneven stones and rocks that were all brought together that, that, that kind of typify uh, and speak to the brokenness that can be in our lives. But that when we all come together, we are a monument to declare his glory, his truth, his way, his word, his light. He's, 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 he wants us to build. He wants us to build. And, and, and. And as we build, we're reminded that that I'm not here by myself. 
You're here with me. So point number two, Abram built. I can't move on yet because I, I just somebody needs to build. I don't know who this is for, but you need to build a monument at your job to, have, to be reminded. I know oh, I have scriptures on the wall. That's different from a monument. You, you, you need to you need to do something with your hands. I don't I don't. Mm. There needs to be something that 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 you do with your hands that that gives you the reminder that God is with me here. You will not leave me here. I went to a, a ceramic painting class with Juliet. Uh, Juliet loves to do like painting with a twist and uh, these ceramic classes. And um, I, I, I just, Juliet's cute, so I just like to be wherever she is. So she, she was, uh, 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 she said, I'm going to go do this. And I said, I want to come with you. So uh, they gave me like a door uh, to paint. And it was my first time painting it. Okay. So they said, here's your colors. and You got to paint the door, blah, blah, blah. And I'm trying my, I mean, I've never done this before, but now I want to be an artist. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Anybody like me, you do something you've never did before, and all of a sudden you like, mm, you like, I'm about to be Picasso right now. So I'm, I'm painting this thing, and as I'm painting it, the Lord starts talking to me about the doors he's opened. And I was like, for real right now? I just came to this class because Juliet is cute. I wasn't trying to, but now you're talking, I'm getting weepy, and... There's so much symbolism here, and I didn't even know all this stuff. And that thing is by my bed right now. And every time I look at it, I'm reminded that God is the one that opens doors for me. So I probably just made some little business that does ceramics some money because now everybody's going to be like, I'm going to go do mine. You're going to walk in there. Give me the door. <laughs> Whatever it is, I just want you to do something with your hands that gives you a reminder that God's with you. Okay. Point number three. Please write this down. Then we're done. Point number three. Y'all get anything out of this? Okay. good. Okay. 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 So Abraham departed. Abraham built. Abraham worshiped. Abraham built. Abraham worshiped. Here's what it says. After that. Abram traveled south and set up camp in the hill country. Okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me stop. All right. So, so, so in that in that little grove of trees uh, 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 by uh, that oak uh, moray, he built an altar. Right. It says after that, Abram traveled south. So he left. Right. He never took the altar down. He went to another place, but he never tore this down. He didn't take it with him. He left it there. Let me tell you something. He left it there. That way, if he ever came back there, he would be reminded there <laughs> that God was with him there. Yeah. Okay. So, so he made uh, he made a monument every place he went. Not like I I, t- I I brought it here and I took it with me and I went somewhere else. No, he he kept it there. Then he went to the next place. So. I just need to point that out. Abram traveled south and set up camp in the hill country with Bethel to the west and Ai to the east. 
There he built, there it is right there, another altar and dedicated it to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord. Now, let me tell you how I just I'm not going to do the whole thing again. OK, so just already did, already mimed the whole thing one time. OK, so he's in a new place. Right. This is a new altar. We've left where we were. We're at a new place. He has a new altar. And in the last place, he just put something up that's different than the other place. Right. But in this place he's in, I don't know if this is his thought. So 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 this is my thought. OK, I just want to make that disclaimer. I'm not trying to put something in the text that's not there. But in the last place that he erected an altar, he just dedicated it to the Lord. This is for you. This is not for these other gods. This is for you. He gets to this new place. He builds another altar and he's like, this is for you. This is not for the." And then he's like. What's going How are people going to know this one's different? Because the pagans make altars, too. So how will they know that what I'm doing here is not to some other God? I should probably open up my mouth right here and worship the God I'm talking about. Instead of leaving it up to you to guess who I'm worshiping, I'm going to open up my mouth because I can show you better than I can tell you. Right. And he opens up his mouth. And this is the first time that we have recorded in Scripture that Abram worships the Lord. So here's what I know. He probably didn't know how to do it. Just Thank you. Appreciate it. It means a lot. That promise you gave me means a lot. 75, I was out here doing my own thing. And uh, all the gods I've ever worshipped, I've never heard them talk to me. But you talk to me, so I'm going to talk to you. I love you. I don't even know where I am. You've left me with sketchy details. But thank you. Um, you are the true God. Yeah, I said it. Rest of y'all out here worshiping whatever you worshiping. Even though I don't know much about this new relationship, I know enough to go public. Even though I don't have enough information to tell you all about this God I'm serving, I have enough to build an altar and worship God right here. I declare with my life that I worship the one true God. Deal with it. Do you know how much this changes the atmosphere? When you can step into any environment, whether it's home, job, school, uh, you know, you're in a family where nobody else is trying to worship the Lord like you are. It can change the atmosphere just simply by the way you worship. Now, some people might be aggravated with it. But you're not doing it to spite them. You're doing it because you, 
you have a connection and a relationship that you just cannot keep to yourself. He worshiped there. He dedicated it to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord there. You will not get more from God without departing, building, and worshiping. Now, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I want to communicate something. Worship should be our default setting as believers in Jesus Christ. Well, I'm not a worship person. I just really love the word, you know. I can take or leave the worship, but the word, though. I love the word, too. I love the, I love the Bible. But, 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 but the Bible is, is where I go to understand God. Worship is where I go to adore God. I'm going to say that again. The Bible is where I go to understand God, right? That's what theology means. Theos, theo, uh, means God, ology, study, the, the study of God. Theology, I love that. But worship is where I go to adore God. I'm not trying to learn something in worship. I'm giving something in worship. I, I, I'm, not trying to, I, I'm not trying to break down something uh, in worship. I, I, I am broken down in worship. <laughs> and so when we lift our hands, I, I know it's been hard to do. May, maybe it's been hard for you to do uh, online and you're like, I'm just kind of distracted. I'm just looking at them singing and all that kind of stuff. Listen, Ross family. We turn we, we, we are turned up in worship. It, it, the five of us are in there and I'm laying on the couch and Juliet and Nathan's running around and, and Noah is flexing because he's nine and he's full of testosterone. And we are all declaring to the Lord that he is mighty, that he is good, that he is awesome. There, there, there is something I get by giving worship that I will never get reading the word. I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not trying to compare like, you know, worship more than you read the word. No, you get revelation in the word. But there's an elevation in worship. And it's not of you, it's of him. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast of the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I can't make them big without you. So that's why we worship is because privately uh, there's an adoration. But 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 in community, there's a magnification. We make him bigger than our problems in worship. You ever worship so long, all your stuff got small. All the drama in your life just started to, you like, I thought it was big, but I've spent, I've spent 25 minutes in worship and now I'm like, that little thing? I'm not going to let that bother me. They, okay, they, they, they said that I got this amount of my time to pay and my God's faithful. He hasn't left me and that day hasn't come yet and I'm not going to lose another day of sleep over it. Worship does that. You need to keep worship on in your home. Uh, it is it is baffling to me that 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 people know more secular lyrics 
than their new spiritual ones for believers. I'm not talking about somebody that, that has a different lifestyle, but if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you need to listen to stuff that's going to edify your spirit. And that's going to remind you. It's one thing to build the altar. The altar is a reminder for everybody else. Worship is a reminder to yourself. I am doing this because I adore the God that gave me these promises. Listen, y'all are getting so close to these promises. Put them, put them hands out again. Let's, 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 let's. I want you to think about this. The, 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 the more you apply what we've been talking about, the closer more gets to you. Again, we're not responsible for the more. He is. We're just responsible for the preparation. Remember, prepare for more. Right? The preparation is our assignment. The more is his assignment. You hear me? The preparation belongs to us. The more belongs to him. And all we have to do is put ourselves in a position to receive it. Now, now that might mean you have to depart from some things. That might mean you have to build some things that are different. Maybe you built some bad stuff and now you just need to build some good stuff. I just want to tell you, I don't want there to be any shame on anybody about maybe some bad stuff that you've built. Repent and forget about it. I built some bad stuff in the past and I got reminders all around me. Just go ahead and toss those bad things. (laughs) Now let's build something good. And then let's worship the God of our salvation together. Is that good? That's so good. All right. All right. right. So what do you need to worship? Where do you need to worship? How does your worship need to change? My prayer is that over the next seven days, some of the most extravagant playlists are compiled in your Spotify account, in your Apple Music account, of the songs that might be near and dear from, to your heart from even years and years ago. I, 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 I grew up uh, as, a, as a young man in my 20s when I gave my life to Jesus, scanning cars at CarMax, the auto superstore, at 3 o'clock in the morning, just singing worship songs. And I can't sing. But I would be out there, boop, 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 boop. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all outside, open air. That is within me. Bless his boop, 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 boop. Holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all. That is within me, bless his holy name. He has.
done great things. He has done great things. He has done great things. Bless his holy name. Doesn't take much, but you can change the atmosphere from what you build and who you worship. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And what is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? Y'all, we're preparing for more. Y'all getting so, we're getting close. We're getting so close. I believe God is going to start putting some stuff in your hands that literally transforms your life. So my prayer is that if you're close to God, you've come closer. And if you are far from God, you've stepped in to part from your sinful ways. With your mouth, worship and confess the God of our salvation by saying that I believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and that he is Lord over my life telling you, if you do that, what you build and what you worship will change. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the time that you have given us to prepare for the more that you want to do in and through us. Let it be all for your glory, none of our credit. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys so much. I'll see you next week. Peace.